Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode two of season five, the very best one yet. What is up, The Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host. As always, we have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social, and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. keep the introduction short because we have a special guest on today's podcast lecture to avi bomb avi is the founder and ceo of interchange capital partners a family business has honed a comprehensive and collaborative process over its 40 years of practice in financial services and is dedicated to helping clients and their families build financial safety nets welcome to the show avi Happy to be here, Kelly. Thank you. Yes. Glad to have you in the show. Our listeners are beyond excited to learn more about your story. Uh, really hone in, um, share your wealth of knowledge with us uh, in the industry, respectively, and, and go from there. So yes, my first question of the day is, can you briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind? Sure. My name's uh, Ami Baum. I'm founder and CEO of Interchange Capital Partners, and uh, we are a... Uh, business that helps family businesses grow and transition. Um, and that requires a, a variety of skill sets. You know, when most family businesses, they operate in three circles or three different systems. They obviously have their family and they have their business and then they have their ownership. And there's a significant amount of complexity around that, knowing which hat to wear and when and, and the challenges around that. So, you know, we work with helping them grow and scale their businesses because you need to have a growing and successful business to even begin to think about transitioning it. Then at the same time, we work with uh, family advisory, helping each generation work through the natural um, conflicts that exist between the, the generations. And then we offer family office services, which really helps pull all the wealth together and all the tax and legal and insurance and all the things that are necessary around that. And then we also have an M&A advisory firm to help uh, our clients uh, grow and sell. So we've been doing this for 43 years now. Um, you know, I, uh, we started Interchange Capital uh, almost two and a half years ago on my 65th birthday. 
Um, and um, prior to that, for the previous 40 years, I had worked on Wall Street with various financial service firms and uh, Wall Street banks and uh, et cetera. So that's pretty much uh, yeah. where we, what the transition of, uh, of you know, how we got here. Definitely. Yeah. Quite the grind you have going on, Ami. Again, excited to dive in more uh, in this interview on today's episode. Uh, can you talk about maybe when you started Interchange Capital Partners, did you have like a pivotal moment in your career, specific like light bulb moment on your daily grind that uh, made for you like, hey, I want to go full time in this? Yeah, I mean, this was really a culmination. I mean, it's really going back uh, to when I was a, a teenager, um, you know, in my the mantra that my father had uh, was, what do you think? Money grows on trees. Uh, and I'd look around and I, we lived in a middle-class neighborhood and it seemed that there were money trees around. And so I wasn't quite, I, it was obvious we didn't have one and didn't understand, you know, my father was, a, you know, they had a business, a family business that went bankrupt and the three brothers went in different directions uh, in, in that. And so, you know, it really started back then. Um, and I read a book, the, what I believe is the classic book around uh, all of this work that's been changed and repurposed over the years called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in that book, um, you know, there was something that um, there was a lot of great things in there. First one was, you know, what your mind can conceive, you can achieve. So all of a sudden at a very young age, even though my father was telling me one thing with his limited beliefs and systems and his background, I was learning, wait a second, if I can think of something, if I can conceive of something, there's a possibility for it to happen. Uh, so that was the first piece that I took from the book. And the second piece, which I think was even more valuable uh, to, to me, was um, the statement, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything that you want. And that really resonated with me. So as I continued to do all kinds of things, because there wasn't money around, um, you know, I had to put myself through college. And uh, um, I, I just started to think about, you know, what were the ways uh, to go about uh, creating wealth? And, and most importantly, uh, creating a safety net, because it was pretty clear that, um, my family didn't have one. I didn't really recognize all of this. I mean, he would talk about money doesn't grow on trees. But uh, when I got into college and I said, well, you know, he said, great, how are you going to pay for it? And then I began to realize that a lot of the struggle and strain that was going on between my parents had to do with money. He was on a tight wire. It was on a, you know, the, the verb, the, that tight wire without a, a safety net. So I knew from a very early age that there was a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish. But if I didn't get my financial house in order, if I didn't find a way to create um, ongoing streams of income and revenue, you know, it was going to be in. So, you know, I dabbled in a lot of different things, uh, you know, even at 65, I still dabble in things, but I was very fortunate. Um, and, you know, some people think it's fortunate. I happen to believe there's a master plan that I'm not privy to. And if I can sort of, as long as my mind can conceive of what I want, the opportunities will present themselves. And that came from that think and grow rich. So while I was running a restaurant in college to be able to pay uh, and, and live, um, there was uh, 
good friend of mine whose father was a stockbroker at E.F. Hutton, and that sort of started that process. And as I began to look at the business, so I was hired as an employee, and, and I think this is really important for all your listeners. Mm -hmm. Even though I was hired as an employee, I didn't look at it as an employee. I looked at it as this was my business. And what could I do if this was my business to go out there and solve problems, differentiate myself in the marketplace and be able to do it? And that led to some obviously well, tremendous success uh, you know, around that. So you know, every day as an entrepreneur, you wake up and you have to go out there and create value in the marketplace. You know, that's different than the employee mindset, mm -hmm. which says, let me go there, do my job and get paid. Mm -hmm. That's very, very different. And when I recognize that with that mindset of going out there and be able to create value, solve problems, it also created significant amount of freedom to be able to work with the people I wanted to do. I didn't have to go to my boss and say, well, you know, I did X, Y, and Z, so you should pay me more. So I had freedom, lots of freedoms that showed up as a result of this entrepreneurial journey around it. So every day it doesn't change. It, it's, it's exciting to wake up in the morning and say, how can I go out there and improve the lives of others? How can I go out there and solve some problems that people have? It just, for me, it turned around that it became part of you know wealth and finance and money which turns out to be mm -hmm. one of the major issues that that everybody you know seems to struggle with and deal with so mm -hmm. yeah really well said Ami again touching on some really great uh, points takeaways for our listeners on today's episode and just understanding that uh, entrepreneurial mindset and uh, being able to have those short-term and long-term goals and you hit the nail on the head in regards to enjoying doing something that you enjoy super important that's what we preach a lot on on the podcast you talk about um i know with interchange capital partners uh striving to help us you know develop a clear vision for achieving our desired future can you touch on the the business pillars and how do they allow you to succeed as well as how they allow your clients to succeed yeah, I mean, it basically, it starts out with our pillars are around three areas, getting clarity. And then once you get clarity, you need to make sure you've got the understanding. And then finally, you have to move into action. And, and I think it's that third part that, you know, a lot of people spend time on, which is, you know, you know, you can, you got to move into action. But I try to remind everybody that it's really the very first part. You really have to get clarity on where you want to go and where you want to be. And, and, and you have to do it in a way so that it allows the universe to help support you out there. And so that clarity is critical. Too often, I found in my own life, that when I'd set a goal, it wasn't specific enough, mm -hmm. you know? And then when I would present it, it was presenting, well, maybe I'll get it, you know, versus it already exists for me. So um, getting the clarity, and then once you get clarity and you say, okay, I've got this long range vis vision of you know, where I'd like to be and what I want to do, 
the very first thing that happens as human beings is we start to look at all the things and all the reasons why it won't happen. Mm -hmm. And that usually stops people in their tracks. And what we try to tell people is, no, no, use that. Use those obstacles, use those dangers, use those fears as raw material for future success. So how do you do that? So you, you present yourself, you come up with this great idea and you say, oh, I don't know how to do this or I can't do this and I can't do that. That's great. Take some time rather than allowing that to put you in a box and take you away. Take some time to really embrace all those obstacles. Really look at this. Okay, I'm just going to exhaust. Here's all the reasons. Because in the first part, when you make this vision, there's all this great excitement and energy. Oh my God, this is what I could be. This is what I can do. It's wonderful. And then those doubts start to come in. So we want to get a take time and start to really embrace those doubts, embrace them with the idea that all of those doubts, all of those obstacles, as I said earlier, are the raw material for future success. So how do you get to do that? Mm -hmm. The simplest way to do that is take any one of the doubts or fears or dangers or anything that you want and just simply ask yourself the question, well, what do I have to do to be able in a perfect world world to turn that into a success and it might be i need more education it might need i need to find a partner there all kinds of things will show up so what's the best outcome to be able to move this forward mm -hmm. so you start with that vision that clarity you then start to look at your all the dangers and then the other part is once you look at that and you've already got your opportunities, you have to really begin to understand, well, where, where is your strength? You know, you, you said earlier, you know, we're all about our passion, you know, mm -hmm. what we're passionate about. But there's certain things that, you know, we're just not good at. We're not passionate about. So one of the, a great concept that I learned from uh, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, is who, not how. So you reach a point with your imagination and where you want to go, where it's beyond your capabilities. Well, then go find somebody, find a who, who can help you through that. So you get the clarity, then you get the understanding, and then you get the action. And the action is being able to do things. Too often, we overestimate the amount that we can get done in a year, and we underestimate the amount we can get done in 25 years. Mm -hmm. So I would submit that you start with this question that says, if we're sitting here 25 years from today, what has to happen so that you are feeling wonderful about your progress, both personally and professionally? That's a long runway, 25 years. Mm -hmm. That gives you a great opportunity to, and then bring it back and say, okay, what happens in five years? What happens in one year? What happens in 90 days? And you break this down into 90-day sprints around that. So that, that's part of what we do when we help you know, entrepreneurs and people to work through so that they can set themselves up and get their clarity, 
get their understanding and then build that action plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said. Ami, mean, again, touching on the key points um, and also helping us visualize and understand it's not that that goal that's so far out, that's 25, like 25 years ago when you're talking about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing now today to in order to take the next steps, the actions to go forward? And that just applies not just, you know, on the business setting, career setting, but also in your personal life in general. So really taking on um, giving us uh, gems that we can provide uh, to our, our listeners to in today's episode, uh, talking about your bread and butter, helping out uh, businesses with a successful exit or transitional uh, business plan. How can they help develop that plan in place and ensure that they continue to succeed after they've left or t- took that, um, made that decision? Yeah, I think the, the biggest key is, you know, once you've reached the point where you've started to build a successful enterprise, mm-hmm. um, then you've got to, you know, while you're in that process, you really need to be thinking about, well, what does the exit look like? So exit and transition and succession, they're just good business, you know, you, by doing that. So you, one of the first things that we find out, it's certainly with Gen 1, you know, first generation wealth is that they started with nothing, they bootstrapped it themselves, they did everything. Uh, and they tend to be somewhat of control freaks. And, and there's a valuable reason for it. You know, they came from nothing. And as I said earlier, you wake up every morning and, and you got to create value out there and you, and you got some success by doing that. And so you automatically believe that you are the only one that can do that. So the very first step that a successful business has to begin to do is start to think about how you can remove yourself from the middle of the operation. And that's very challenging for business owners and and certainly successful business owners say, well, you know, I don't necessarily know if I've got the right people. So it, it starts with making sure you have the right people. Most businesses transition to either family members or management teams. Most businesses do not exit, you know, contrary to what you hear, you know, in the media around, oh, this company buys another company. That happens a lot, but the vast majority of exits and transitions um, happen to management teams and family. So one of the first things is, you know, what's going on? Do you have family members that are interested? Many don't. And if you don't, then what does your management team look like? What do the people that you have in your organization? So the very first step is making sure you've got the right people, but then you've got to be willing to give up and start to teach them so that they can take over, so that you aren't the hub of the wheel so that everything doesn't have to run through you. And the nice thing about it is if you do it slowly, you you can watch how they operate and then be able to, uh, you know, determine whether they're the right people. So the very first step is recognizing that you have to be able to transition. So you've got to build a strong management team around that. The second thing that you have to do is you have to really get very clear back to that clarity around how much money do you need to have so that you, once you sell the business, you can live your life comfortably. 
as you you and your family. You know, so that's a combination of looking at your personal balance sheet as well as your business balance sheet. Too often, people don't do that. And then you need to be able to start to do some of the analytics in terms of determining, okay, I need X amount of money and I only have Y. So I've got this gap. So what do I need to do in my business? So what are the strategies? What's my secret sauce? What makes me special and my business and differentiator so that I can go out there and start to execute, which is the next part. So it's people, strategy, and execution so that I can do this and create more profit, which at the end will create more cash. And you fill in that that gap between what you have determined you need to be able to retire, leave the business and continue to, you know, fund your lifestyle at that. So that's pretty much the structure of how we help business owners grow their business. Mm -hmm. And then the succession and the transition is going to be different for each one, depending upon how. But again, I talked to you about this in the beginning. I said there, there's three components. There's your family, there's you and your family, then there's your business, and then there's your ownership. And each one of those have different goals around there. You know, families, their goal is to nurture, obviously. All right. Businesses, their goal is you know, to uh, create uh, profits and ownership is about long-term security around that. And so it's working within those three and, and being able to understand what you're trying to accomplish in all of those three to be able to set yourself up for a successful exit and transition. The biggest mistake that we see is this idea that I don't, I can do it tomorrow. Uh, you know, we always like to believe we have tomorrow. We just don't know that. And and we've seen too many cases where um, the business owner isn't taking care of protecting the, the business. So the first step is to identify and quantify. The second step is to grow and protect you know, maximize and maintain that. And then the last step is the succession and transition. Mm -hmm. That's that's great to hear again, laying us out uh, for a path to success in general for our, our listeners to in today's episode. Speaking of uh, accomplishments, uh, Ami, again, uh, 43 years to date, and we don't want to put time step time stamp on this episode, but what do you still hope to accomplish in this field going forward? Oh, we have some very, uh, we, we want to become the um, firm of choice for the largest private family um, companies in the country. That's, that's our longer range uh, goal. You know, I heard something, you know, for me, I want, we started Interchange Capital Partners when I was 65, and I would love it to become, you know, 100 years from now. Um, this institution, you know, throughout, you know, the world, helping family businesses through their growth and transition strategies. You know, family, you know, families are the bedrock, you know, they're, they're the beginning and family businesses are so important. 
They're important for their family. They're important for their employees. They're important for their communities. They're really great opportunities to be able to create very positive outcomes uh, for those stakeholders. And, you know, that's very exciting for us. And, you know, we, we have a, a young firm, uh, you know, uh, around that. And we're growing, you know, towards um, that big picture goal. So that's on a professional side. Mm-hmm. On a personal side, you know, I want to grow my family foundation, uh, my philanthropic family foundation, so that I can continue to help and fund uh, great entrepreneurs and uh you know, others to, again, based on what I read when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. help enough other people get what they want. Mm-hmm. Oh, great to hear. I was just going to ask too, yeah, the career and, and personal mindset, but I, I love both. We're cheering you virtually on today's podcast uh, with continuing success overall. Uh, speaking of the podcast, Ami, The Daily Grind, that's the name of our show. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Well, you know, I, I, I love, you know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it really a grind? That's the question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, you know, certainly in order to be successful, you've got to have things that you do every day uh, for it. If it's always a grind, you know, that, that to me has somewhat of a negative connotation. Like mm-hmm. I'm always, it's like I'm working at, so, for me, I've turned that around and said, grind not, it's success strategy. So what do I have to do every day so that I can be my best in the world and present myself that way? And over the years, uh, you know, I've recognized and, you know, this, you know, to, this comes with time that health is the best wealth. Health equals wealth. You know, I, I when I was in my 30s, I ended up di- being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, and you know, it wasn't terminal, but it was very hard to manage, and it changed everything. So my daily success strategies. I do three things every day. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I do when I wake up is I meditate for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I just move. I get ready for my day. The second thing that I do is I realize how impactful the food that I eat, you know, has on my energy levels. So about almost a decade ago, I became plant-based. So I generally, you know, plant-based, I don't call it vegan, but because vegan, as I've learned, has a social conscience, not that I don't have a social conscience, because I do, you know, but my reasons for not eating dairy and eating, not eating meats and fish is really for health. So I have a plant-based diet, which keeps me energized and allows me, you know, to not have to, you know, work do that. And then the last thing that I do is uh, daily movement. And in my case, it's yoga. So I start my day with meditation. I continue throughout my day by eating a plant-based diet. And then I finish my day with a 45-minute yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the ability to be present, to be able, no matter what the world throws at me, Mm -hmm. I can 
stay centered and continue to work through that. Um, so is that, that would be considered my daily grind. That's the things that I do, but clearly, you know, I've learned over the years to develop to-do lists to, I, I, there's a great system out there that I ran across. It's called David Allen's, uh, getting things done. If if your people haven't heard about that, I'd rush out and get that book. It's a wonderful way to be able to learn how to work with and, um, organize your all this information that comes in so that you can move it into context so you know most people so that's one thing that i also i use that as a way to keep it organized and then the other thing that i do is i separate and i name my days so there's certain there's three parts as entrepreneurs we're always on 24 7. That's just the nature of ownership, business, entrepreneurs, it's nature. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, created this entrepreneurial time system, and he calls it free days, buffer days, and focus days. So free days are a really important concept. And, you know, free days is how do you rejuvenate? Most people see free days and rejuvenation days as rewards for working hard. It really is just the opposite. It's a necessary so that you can be productive. Mm -hmm. So I established that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are my free days. Mm -hmm. And those mean that I don't do work items. I do the things that rejuvenate me, mm -hmm. you know, spend time with my family, and, you know, all kinds of different things that, and everybody has their own rejuvenation. From there, there are Monday is my buffer day. Monday is the day to clean up messes and do the planning all day. Now, prior to me having this demarcation of days, Monday, I'd sit there, oh, I feel guilty. I should be talking to a client or I should be out there prospecting or I should be out there doing something else. Now I have time to plan. Focus days is the work that you do to get paid. So that's meeting with clients, meeting with prospects, but you need to have planning. So my focus days are Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Thursday is another buffer day so that I can, and so, so that you can see what's happening here, I can enter my rejuvenation period clear. And I can start to get into my focus days clear because I've got these two buffer days. Now, when you start this system, you're not going to most likely have three focus days, three free days. You may only have one or two. The critical one is the buffer day. Mm -hmm. The critical one is to be able to say this 24 hour period, I'm just going to clean up the messes. I'm going to work on the planning. I'm going to do all of that. Get all of those messes, get all those things cleaned up so that I can have very productive focus days. Focus days are where you get paid for all the great work that you do. So that's another piece to my daily grind. Yeah. You know, so I've got my three success strategies. I've got my getting things done approach to be able to keep myself organized and then I use the entrepreneurial time system so that I don't have to feel guilty 
you know, oh, I should be doing this. No, no, this is the day to plan. No, no, this is the day to rejuvenate. No, no, this is the day to be able to go make the money. Mm -hmm. and do that kind of work yeah those are the things that i use definitely yeah really well said ami i challenge our listeners on today's episode uh to you know build their own uh daily succession plan as well as uh utilize a system uh, to help keep that routine uh keep them up on track, uh, refreshed, recharged, and able to perform at the, the best level they can be. So awesome to hear. I'm, I'm inspired on, on today's episode. Uh, so in closing here, Ami, we, we talked about your daily schedule. You have quite the grind going on at Interchange Capital Partners. What's on your radar later this year in uh, 2023? Yeah, we're continuing to grow and scale our business. That's, that's, that's what's on the radar right now. Mm-hmm. What we're working on is uh, process accountability, uh, functional accountability. Uh, those are the things that we're doing and you know, we're, we're continuing to um, find ways to be able to create value. It, it doesn't change for us. You know, we, we have over the years narrowed our niche in terms of you know, what markets we want to serve. And now what we're doing is we're adding in layers of different services to bring that have greater and greater value to differentiate ourselves. Remember, it starts with people, then it starts with strategy. So the strategy part is what's your special sauce? You know, there's lots of people out there that are advising family businesses. So what makes Interchange Capital Partners different in terms of that? And we've identified that we have an industry dominating strategy because we have four different places that we can take a family business at any stage that they're at. Uh, And that's something that most family businesses have to go to four different providers to be able to get the growing and scaling of the business, the family advisory, the family office services, or the M&A advisory. They need all of that but they'd have to go to four different places. They only have to go to one with Interchange Capital Partners, and that's an industry-dominating strength. That's our special sauce. So what we're working on and what we continue to do is, you know, what Stephen Covey talks about is sharpening the saw. We're just constantly improving and finding ways that we can continue to add greater and greater value than our families. That that's great to hear. Again, wishing you all the best and continued success uh, from the podcast team here. Uh, Ami, story very inspirational. Do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there? Even a quote, uh, saying a mantra. I know you gave a, a good amount of quotes throughout this episode already. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Just keep making progress. Remember, here's the mantra. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Keep well, making progress. Keep looking and say, what do I need to do so I can just keep moving the ball forward? Yeah. You know, some days it's it's gonna simply be, you know, get out of bed and brush your teeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Other days it's, you know, get me on a plane and let me go. I mean, it's all about progress, not perfection. And I think that's part of the issue is, um, you know, most people, the way they measure success is a little backwards. You know, they measure success for here. This is where I am. And this is where I want to be. Well, as entrepreneurs, 
that gulf, that gap, if you will, never gets filled. You know, you're constantly always moving it out. It's like the horizon. So if you're constantly measuring your success from where you are today versus where you want to be, that's only going to create more negativity, draining your energy and more frustration. The recommendation is take a look at where you are today and look backwards and say, oh, where was I last week? Where was I two years ago? Where was I five years ago? And now you've got the energy to be able to recognize that it's all about progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Really well said. I think that quote fits perfectly with today's episode. Your story what encompasses what you're looking at to do out in the world, uh, making a difference. Uh, last but not least, Ami, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about Interchange uh, Capital Partners, how can they do so? Mm -hmm. Best way is to send us an email mm -hmm. uh, to team at interchange, C as in capital, P as in partners.com. So that would be team at interchange, C, P, Dot com and mentioned that they were listening on the daily grind podcast mm -hmm. and they would like to talk with me and that you know that way it gets filtered mm -hmm. uh, because obviously we give priority to those that uh, you know have heard us uh, on, on the various podcasts that we do wonderful yes we'll put where to find uh Aaron change capital partners in today's show notes we'll also put in your book recommendations too for our listeners to stay motivated uh outside the episode as well uh thanks again for tuning today's episode a big thank you to ami for being on the podcast thank you glad to be here i hope it was some value yes wonderful until next time my name is kelly johnson have a great day thanks for tuning into the daily grind this week you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian. Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Sure, yes. Likewise, have a great rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.